Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TMG podcast, the first edition of the 2018 college football season. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG, and uh, I'm joined, uh, as usual, by uh, our podcast team, Tony Barnhart, Herb Gould, Mark Blauchin, um, and we're excited to get uh, going uh, on the campaign this year and talk. There's a lot of things to talk about, but first, we're excited, uh, we should mention first off, that APBA, APA, is going to be our podcast sponsor again this year. And uh, a smattering of applause. You can hear it. Um, and <laughs> that's not the, the one clap. Uh, and, and APA and, and John Herson last year came in late. We gave him about 10 or 15 podcasts late. And, uh, and we were happy that he's going to return. And we're happy to promote his game uh, which is kind of a strategic board game that Mark Blauchin has been playing since the early uh, 1900s, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it is a great game. Mark, give your your annual testimonial to APA. Now it started in 1951 as a baseball card game, strategic. I, I, I picked it up in '59. '59 so was pretty much not the original, but I was pretty close to it. Yeah. It uh, it started in the '40s and then they kind of I think went went mass market in the '50s and but now they have uh, all sorts of games you can play and the best way to find out about this is go go to their website apbagames.com and it, you'll you'll read all about it and they have college football versions and you can play against uh, all time teams and and it's 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 really a cool thing so with that said let's move on to the the season um, and let's maybe just go around the horn. Three of us were at media days, I know. Um, I don't know if Blau uh, got out of the situate, but uh, I know he's, he's studied Boston College pretty hard. But let's go to Tony Barnhart. Tony, you spent time at the SEC media days, as in plural, four days this year. The event moved from Hoover to Atlanta. Um, and give me give me a couple of your takeaways, Tony. Well, it was there with a thousand of my closest friends in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it, it, it was it was a neat set setup. You know, it was it was different. Than, you, know, you guys have been to the, to the Winfrey Hotel in Houston and uh, the Grand Ballroom there, like every other Grand Ballroom. This was actually in in the College Football Hall of Fame, so it was a real neat sort of neat atmosphere. Something different. No, nothing new. Nothing really telling i think the biggest takeaway from a news standpoint was that uh you know nick saban once again called for a nine game conference yeah. schedule on the sec and this time his buddy gus malzahn at auburn jumped in there with him well, that's so true I think that that was that <laughs> and the alabama quarterback situation were the two most hotly right. debated topics there right that's two coaches out of 14 uh, i don't know if that's a quorum or not or whether that's going to get anything done but uh, you know, it was a big issue. I'll get into it later. You know, again, an issue at Pac-12 Media Day yesterday. But uh, let's uh, let's ping pong over to Herb Gould, who was at the Big Ten this week. And, uh, you know, it didn't seem like it was going to be an exciting event uh, until the news about Ohio State and Urban Myers maybe in a little hot water. Herbie, I don't know about with this latest incident about having to fire his assistant coach. Um, you mm-hmm. know... 
give us give us your thoughts on that, and then also the boring, the robotic Jim Harbaugh, who is if you know if he's going to be like that, then I don't really want to watch him. Uh, you know, robotic answers and uh, uh, third place finishes uh, probably aren't going to cut it. Herbie, take it away. Yeah, you know, um, I, I there were some people that were were uh, criticizing Urban Meyer because of a couple of past incidents with this assistant coach who happens to be the grandson of Earl Bruce, one of Urban's mentors. You know, I I don't know enough to say one way or the other. I mean, it doesn't look good when you're talking about zero tolerance uh, for players and then you wink at a couple of apparent incidents, although, you know, we we don't have any information. I think that will... You know, that that too shall pass. I mean, it was sort of interesting that, you know, all of the hand-wringing and and with good reason about the scandalous things that went on at Michigan State, and there were some pretty hard-hitting expose materials, I think from ESPN, about both men's basketball and football, and and that, that, you know, all was... I didn't hear word one about that, so apparently that's over. You know, another... Thing I, I thought of interest uh, picking up on what Tony mentioned is there were a, at least a couple of uh, Big Ten coaches who are advocating for a nine-game conference schedule for every conference because it will level the uh, the playing field, so to speak, make it more even when the committee gets together to choose their their four playoff teams, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, uh, and I'm glad to hear that some of the SEC heavyweights are on board with that because if, if, if Pac-12 and Big Ten are going to play nine games, uh, think about, you know, the SEC, if they add a ninth game, that, that really that really could be a big game changer in terms of you know, depending on who the opponent is. Well, my understanding is when the format was going to be changed from the BCS to the playoff, that all of the power conferences tentatively agreed to the nine game. Eventually, the Big Ten... Uh, you know what? You know, I just came to a, what last year or the year before. Pack the Pac-12 was already at nine. The big the Big Twelve was already playing around robin, nine games, and then the ACC and the SECs decided they weren't going to do this. And I might add, for for pretty good reason. And as as the commissioner of the SEC said last week, why should we change our format? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I'm. Understand, guys, this, this came before Nick Saban said what he said, Gus Malzahn said what he said. In the opening remarks by the commissioner, who sort of sets a tone, basically, I'm par- he basically says, you know, we're not going to change because what we're doing is working pretty good. We won nine out of the last 12 national yeah. championships. We're good. We're good. Okay? We're not right, good. right. So that, that, that's that's really it. And, and I guess the other conferences have a choice of going to eight. Um Maybe, but the the they're, the Pac-12, you know, they they said, you know, Commissioner Scott said yesterday that they're, they're his 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 league wants to play nine games. So I guess that's where we're at. Uh, Blau, 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 what do you think of this nine? Well, the ACC talked about it and they basically said no. I mean, right. they, they 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 were listening to it, but they they wanted. I mean, I think they saw the the way the non-SEC way of trying to get four non-conference wins. Which would help them, they think, better than playing games in their own league. Now, I don't know that they agree with that or not, but that's. Yeah. I mean, they did discuss playing going to nine games, but they got voted down. Well, well, you know, the other, well, the other thing you got to factor into this is that we're talking about a competitive situation, 
And, and I think there is very much a financial situation also because when you play a ninth game and you don't, you know, you're not bringing in a, uh, you know, you're not buying a game and you are more importantly for the Big Ten, I believe, you're adding inventory as, as the commissioner Delaney calls it for your television. And, and, you know, there, when you, when you keep those games within your league, there are some financial implications yeah. and, and perhaps, you know, that's something that the SEC isn't as concerned about because maybe the competitive makes more sense to them. No. Well, I understand what the SEC is going to do here, guys. They're, they're going to use that as a chip down the road for an, in one of their future TV contracts. I mean, it's like, yeah. hey, we're, we're open to the idea of playing non-commerce games. What are you going to pay us to do it? So you, you don't play that card until you have to. Right. And this is, you know, this we seen as sour grapes by a lot of people. Is the SEC's winning all the championships, and I wouldn't change their formula either. But uh, and that's why. But the, the field is not level, and it's always when you look at. I'll take two teams in the Pac-12, Stanford and USC. They play a nine-game schedule. They're mandated by league rules. They have to play each other, even though they're in different divisions. USC has to play Stanford every year in the North. That's just written into the New Deal. And both of those schools also play Notre Dame every year. So that's nine games plus Notre Dame every year. So your chances of going undefeated and, and or losing one game are you know, not very good compared to the other city. But that's, that's, those are their choices. I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's, uh, and, that's, you know, and, and they can change if they want to, but they're not, you know, they don't want to change, so that's, you got to deal with it. And, and here's one other thing, guys, and I, I hear this kicked around a lot. Well, they should make everybody play nine games. There is no mechanism to make anybody do <laughs> right. anything. All right, the, the college football playoff is a, is, a, is a it's not a conference or a league. It's it's an association. But there is no mechanism to make anybody do anything. Yeah. You know? So that's that. That's a that's a false argument. There, right? It's a, it's like a you know they got a federal federalist system of, of states' rights. You know, everybody every state has a there's really no umbrella that you know there's no there's no national commissioner or so it's you know leagues on their own. You would think that because they are you know they were kind of orchestrated in this new playoff that there would be more uniformity, but you're not. I don't think you're going to be changed what individual conferences are going to do and. That's the imperfect nature of college football. <laughs> I think that's kind of why we like it, why we argue about it. Um, but it's not the NFL, um, and that's just the way it is. Uh, Blau, do you, you, you have something to say? Yeah, I mean, you talk about different conferences, and I'll, I'll mention the ACC, even though I didn't go down there. But And obviously Clemson is, is the story coming out of there. But the other story, which, I mean, everyone in college football is shaking their head, is, is North Carolina and, and Larry Fedora for oh. his – I don't know what his view of, of, of the world is these days, but the statements he is making about concussions. I mean, are you kidding me? What what is going on with, with North Carolina? Tony, Tony, this is Tony. We're pinning this one on you. This is you explain. Well, this is your guy. All, first of all, Larry Fedora knows better. Okay, that, that's that's number one. Number two, he had no reason to go there. There is no there was there was no reason to even get into that whole thing and. And I, I did not know that the civilization as we know it was going to come to an end if football didn't, <laughs> if football changed its rules to make it safer. So, well, I mean, I know Larry Fedora. I've known him for a long time. He's a smart guy. He ought to know better. And uh, you, 
have all the science in on CTE? Of course we don't. There are things we don't know, absolutely. I mean, but you you know, to to say that you know we we know there's too much there's too much evidence to point out that the cop the connection between football and CTE. Now everybody who plays football doesn't get it, but it it, it was just it, it was a total unforced error on Larry Fedora's part, and he's lucky his athletic director backed him up because Bubba Cunningham is one of the more respected people in all of college athletics. So. He, well, the other thing is, the other thing is, 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 is when you're four and eight, you better be careful what you say about anything. That is true. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I I just wonder, it, do we give him a pass on this because coaches just, I mean, they have such tunnel visions. A lot of these guys, including Nick Saban, claim to know nothing that's going on in the real world. Uh, I don't I don't always believe that, but you know that they're so focused on what they're doing, they don't. They, they literally don't see the forest for the trees, and I, 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 I guess, you know, I guess we can attribute it to that. But it's sure, you know, sure didn't, uh, uh, you know, didn't sell well uh, nationally. Didn't go well, over very well. It, it was tone. It's tone deaf. Yeah, okay? that's that's the word. It's tone deaf to the to the issues at hand. And again, you did you didn't need you didn't need to go there. So. Yeah. As long as he's not like pulling back the reins on on, uh, medical people. No, you can say stupid things. It's better to say stupid things than to do stupid things. (laughs) Are they going to class? Oh, you know, well, you know, North, North, (laughs) and I I, I may stand corrected, but I thought North Carolina had had a top brain injury trauma. Research center. Hey, a, I think he he might have walked across campus and found out the answer before he. But anyway, you know, coaches, people, you know, coaches say the dumbest things. I guess we can file that under. Uh, there's a lot of there's so many other issues that went on in the off season. I don't know where even started. Any of the new. I mean, we have the redshirt rule. We have the transfer rule. We have a couple. An interesting uh, a new rule on kickoffs. The fair catch on kickoffs inside the twenty five, being an automatic touchback. Uh, another kind of answer to uh, to safety concerns. Anything, uh, Tony? Anything jump out? What's the what, what was the most important off season uh, decision and you know, or ruling? Well, I, I think the next big thing that we're going to debate is going to be injury reports versus no injury reports. Yeah. Uh, I think with the gambling issue coming in, uh, Commissioner Delaney talked about it, and so did Commissioner Sankey of the SEC. The argument got, and to me, the argument, and I wrote a column about this on TMG, uh, is that are, are, is college football ready for a true NFL style injury report where you know this guy is doubtful because he's got a bad knee, this guy's not, you know, given specific injury information. I Based on people I talk to, I don't think we're going to see that. No. I think we're going to have something more of a uh, availability yeah. list. Either guy, a guy's either going to pl- available, he's not available. Yeah, that's injury, suspension, you name it. I think that's where we're going to end up. Some people disagree. Did disagree with me? Said that no, we're going to because of the sensitivity of the gambling situation. We've got to be more transparent on injuries. I just I don't see it. No, you're right. You're right. That was the same thing at the Pac-12 media day yesterday. The, this code word is you know availability report. I think that's the most we're going to get for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, HIPAA laws and uh, protection of players. Uh, part of it's a cop out because coaches don't want to give out any information, and they they'd almost rather sell gambling down the road than to, to say who they're you know who who's going to play the next week against uh, Oregon State. 
but I think that's probably the compromise availability report availability, which you know God knows what what that means. I think the bigger tool by far is, is going to be the red circle because I bet you coaches don't agree on 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 anything. But I bet you, if you took a vote, I bet you it's 128 to nothing in favor of, of expanding that red circle because every coach I talked to in the last couple of months is in favor of going from one to four games. They're going to use it so many different ways. It gives them so much more maneuverability. I think that's going to be one of the biggest changes we see in the use of personnel this year in college football in the last 20 years. I think it's going to have a huge impact on how coaches, including Nick Saban, I started telling you about that, how he uses his quarterbacks, how he uses different players. I think it's a huge rule, and I think every coach in college football loves it. Well, it's right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, it's very self-serving. It's a it's a win-win because you get to kind of scout players. They get, you yes. know, they incentives as Tony's mentioned. Uh, and you also, I mean, if you think about it, it, it gives them a way to sort of have personnel for an extra year, even if it's just a partial year. So no, I agree with you, Blau. I mean, I don't see where the downside is unless you're a player who might get strung along. And even then I'm not sure that it's necessarily a bad thing because you have the incentive of being able to play a little bit. Yeah. Well, what it, what, it, what it means is one coach told me, he said, instead of having four years of eligibility, everybody has four and a third years of eligibility. Yeah. Okay? And so you so you figure out how to – well, let's take the Alabama situation, quarterback, for example. If you could talk – let's say Jalen Hurts loses the job at Tua Tonga-Maloa, okay? He's going to graduate in December. What you could, a, a plan B instead of him transferring, sitting out the whole year, Saban could go to him and says, "Look, we're going to play you in four games, and you may help us win a national championship. If you you only play in four games, you don't use a year of eligibility. We win a national championship. You graduate, you transfer, and you still got two years of eligibility left. That's how they could use that redshirt rule uh, to keep uh, Jalen Hurts." At Alabama, yeah. So it's 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 a no. The coaches are a hundred percent for it. Yeah, it's uh you know I think anything that empowers the players, and we are moving in that direction uh, steadily right now. And there's still lawsuits out there in the, in the court system that are kind of pushing, uh, you know. And I think uh, short of paying players, they have to they have to create uh, you know paths for players to have to to, to choose their own destiny. And the redshirt rule helps. The, the, the both, I think both the transfer rule helps, um, and uh, you know that's that's where we are now. Um, it, moving on, I, I, this came out of Pac-12 day, and I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I think it's an interesting new new trend about you talk about player empowerment. Khalil Khalil Tate, the quarterback uh, for Arizona, Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, you know when there was a coaching change at Arizona at uh, with Rich Rod getting fired, um, you know, Khalil Tate, and they were talking to the Navy coach, uh, you know, Khalil Tate put out on Twitter that, you know, I didn't come here to run the, 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 the Navy, basically the, the, the triple option. He was basically saying on Twitter who they should, you know, the school should hire or shouldn't hire, and I think he got his way. I mean, here's a, a, a premier player, um, you know, and they end up getting Kevin Sumlin, who I think better suits... Uh, uh, Tate style. What do you think about this? You know, using Twitter to to, to make coaching decisions. Uh, is this is this a slippery, a, a viper's nest 
or just you know the reality. Yeah. Well, first of all, if the athletic director didn't hire the coach he thought was best for the school because what a player did, he's got no business being the athletic director. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's nice that Khalil Tate got his, his but you know what, Khalil, Khalil's going to be gone in a year, all right, and you're going to live with the football coach. First of all, they hired a good football coach, Kevin Summers, so that, that's a that's a good hire. But the point is, is that I don't think you're going to see that very much because an athletic director's got to live with his decision for four, five, six years, yeah. and he's got to live with the consequences, and the player is going to be gone. A player with that kind of juice has usually got only one or two years at the most left, so yeah. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of that. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys, Blah, we'll start with you. What, do you. what are you looking forward to in the upcoming season, You know, the early season? What, what interests you most about the 2018 campaign? Well, it's all you pick. Pick a spot in the country. I mean, right? You you were at it yesterday. I mean, what Chip Kelly does at UCLA? One question. Um, obviously, the, the the quarterback war at Alabama is another question. Um, will Will Jim Harbaugh be the coach at Michigan next year? Uh, because I mean, I don't see anyone that's predicting them to win the Big Ten, and they go and they lose again to Ohio State and Michigan State. I mean, he might be gone, maybe not of his own volition. So I mean, those are three areas right there that are that are just interesting stories to me and then then obviously the, the other one is in, we talked about this in the offseason is the ridiculous amount of money Jimbo Fisher is he worth 75 million dollars he better win the AM right away I'm telling you because I mean they, 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 he thinks they, they were impatient Florida State He's, he ain't seen nothing to see bad Aggie fans I mean if he loses his first game I mean you know it's like a fourth sale signs on his front lawn yeah Herb Herb what about you what what interests you I mean, he Blau mentioned Harbaugh, obviously a you know storyline in the in the Big Ten. You know what part of Jim's problem is he plays in the that that division, which is unbelievably tough, um, and it's hard for him to finish second in that division. Uh, what- yeah, you know, I, I still I, I still think it, it's going to be his call. I don't think they're gonna they're not running him off. Um, and and that is a tough division in the sense that you know it's like four into one. Somebody's. You know, at least two of those teams are going to be very greatly disappointed. Um, and, you know, that was funny because somebody, they, there was a theme going around the Big Ten uh, media days about the imbalance in the two divisions and a suggestion that it might be better to resort. And, and uh, Commissioner Delaney really downplayed or almost dismissed, really dismissed that, saying, you know, they kind of tried that. They put Michigan and Ohio State in opposite divisions when they first uh, went to the division alignment. Uh, and that, you know, that creates a situation because if they play each other, then they're going to play each other two times in a row if they play at the end of the season, and then maybe they might win their both their divisions. So I, I think you're just going to live with that, and there's going to be some – there's just going to be a lot of jockeying in that division. I, I guess Tony's probably seen a lot of that. You know, if you look at – you know, the SEC West when you've got, you know, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama, and, uh, you know, there, there's any number of other teams that might have a good year or two. Uh, I, I think that's just the, what we're seeing now is that these divisions are really almost leagues unto themselves, and and Harbaugh needs to do well this year, uh, but he also, people need to understand what's going on there. I mean, we'll see with the quarterback. Uh, the other thing I'm looking forward to is, the, the number of, of high-quality marquee games 
that are really going to define some things in the first week of the season, first or second week of the season, because if you you're not eliminated, you know, Michigan and Notre Dame, that's not an elimination game, but it certainly reduces the margin for error. And we look around the country, uh, you know, we see Auburn and Washington and uh, who LSU's got somebody big. Help me, guys. Miami, uh, Miami yeah. Miami, LSU. I mean, these are games th- that's exciting for college football. And, and, and I think fans ought to love that because, you know, you, you can lose that game, but you, you better not count on losing any more. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can lose two. I don't think so. Uh, certainly don't plan on it. So, I mean, it really adds a lot of excitement to the opening of the season. Tony, and, uh, uh, I think that'll be great. Tony, beyond beyond the obvious question at Alabama, who, who's going to play quarterback? What else are What else is in, are you looking forward to in the? Uh, I mean, a lot of interesting coaching changes in the SEC. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Yes, I mean six, six new coaches. There, there is more quarterback drama in the SEC than I can ever re- remember, uh, and not just as Alabama. To me, the most compelling story coming out of my little spring tour that I do uh, is what in the world, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going to happen at LSU with <laughs> Coach Orgeron and all the changes they've made over there. You know, guys, I was when I was there in the spring talking to people. You know, I'm just not convinced they're that very good. Okay, I, I, I'm picking them to go three and five, four and four at best Ooh. in the SEC, given the schedule that they play. So, and what's going to happen, you know, next year is the year they're pointing toward. This year in the state of Louisiana, the 2019 recruiting class, I'm I'm told uh, by a lot of people, one of them is Ed Orgeron, said this is one of the best classes in a generation in terms of talent. And LSU's got to get their fair share. So I think that's going to be uh, a fascinating story. And and like Blau talked about, is the $75 million man uh, at at Texas A&M, and I've toured their facilities, and I promise you, everything that Jimbo wanted at Florida State is already at Texas A&M, and it's a lot nicer. Uh, as, as Last time I took a tour, they said, it's amazing what you can do when oil was $91 a barrel. So <laughs> it, it's, it's going to be a fascinating year. Here's the thing about Texas A&M. They'll be better because of Jimbo Fisher, but their road schedule in the SEC they go to Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Auburn. And the South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Auburn games are three games in four weeks. And there's this other team named Clemson that's playing there mm. on September 8th. So, wow. you know, to, to me, they are 7-5. and 8-4 would be a great year for them. Yeah, uh, you know, with with Coach O, it's you, nobody can recruit like Coach O. But he, like I said, sometimes you got to wait for it, uh, wait for that special class, and it's sort of the tease. Uh, you know, uh, can you get there? Can you get to that class that's going to pay off? And will they have the patience to do that? And uh, that remains to be seen. Um, switching to me now, and what I'm looking forward to, I and I was at Pac-12 Day yesterday, uh, and I came out <laughs> with, and I wrote about this, and I I hate to be. Uh, Negative, but I, this is—I I just don't have a good feeling about this. The the, the conference this year coming off a of one and eight, um, but I think all things will be decided, or many things will be decided before September fifteenth. Uh, 
Washington against Auburn, I think, is the most important game for the league in quite some time. Uh, Washington is uh, clearly, I think, the most equipped team to make a playoff run. If they lose against Auburn on September 1st, you know, it's it, – how, how do you – I'm not saying you don't come back from that, but the perception of that, of that loss would be – Huge and a victory there maybe catapult the league back to some sort of prominence. Um, but you also have you know UCLA going to Oklahoma early. Uh, you know San Diego State against Stanford early. I mean San Diego State can beat Stanford. San Diego State is a top twenty-five team this year. Uh, so we could know where this league is by September fifteenth, and I don't know that it's going to be good. And then then you're in. You know you thought last year was bad with the the boys the. Herb, Herb Street and, and uh, you know and on the cupcake schedule comments and all that stuff, it could go it could go south really fast this year, uh, so yeah it that, that it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's a, gonna be an interesting league with all the coaches and Kelly and Sumlin and her and Herm Edwards at Arizona State but I don't know well I don't I don't see the light right now uh, what else is Duke, yeah Duke, I, I think the I think the Washington Auburn game is the biggest game in a conference since Oregon played for the national championship. I mean, in terms of the perception yeah. of the league and where it goes from there. I mean, if they lose that game, like you said, the whole league is going to be regarded as a second-tier league again without before before Labor Day. Yeah. No, I think it's that important. The problem the problem is that Chris Peterson, as good a coach as he is, you know, he is he he won't he won't embrace these kind of things, and I understand it. it you know, and he, he, I, I, w- I wish that he would just step up sometime and say, yeah, you know what, this is big, this is huge. To him, he's, he, he, it's not the way he operates. It's, and he says, oh, well, if we, if we win that game and lose all the others, what's that? No, it's a big game. Just accept it uh, and, and say, yeah, you know what, this, this will define where we are. Uh, but uh, I don't know. And I, 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 as much as I like the coaches in the league, and I wrote this today, in this league out here, there is still not a coach like Pete Carroll. Um, there's not a Saban. There's not an Urban Meyer. There's not a Dabo. There's not that difference maker. Um, Chip Kelly, I think maybe, but not this year. I mean, he's if they go eight and four this year, I think that's a good year. Um, but I don't see that kind of mega power coach that that wills that team, that program. To the finish line. Um, well, here, here's the thing, guys. Is sitting there looking ahead. Here, here's why this is such a big Washington Auburn such a huge game. Uh, is the SEC champ Georgia or Alabama probably going to get in the playoff? Yeah. Okay. Is Clemson going to get in the playoff if they run the table? Yeah. Is Ohio State or Penn State going to get in if they win the Big Ten? Yeah. Barring a thirty-point loss on the road to <laughs> Iowa. Of course, that would never. Of course, that would never happen. No. But barring a thirty-point loss to Iowa, the Big Ten champ. So the SEC, ACC, and the Big Ten look pretty locked in right now. All right. So who's going to get the fourth spot? Well, a thirteen and zero Washington absolutely gets that fourth spot. But does a twelve and one Washington get it? If you got a, let's say you got an eleven and one Penn State whose only loss was to Ohio State no. on a field goal at the buzzer. No. You know, who 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 gets that who gets that fourth spot? 
Does an does an SEC team get that far? I'm just thinking in the Big Big Twelve. Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, my point, Chris, is something that you said. I'm just not sure that a one loss Pac-12 champion is going to beat out a one loss Big Big Ten runner up. No, it, you know, it hasn't happened in the past. Yeah, you know, and, and the funny thing is, and Washington's schedule was used against it in the last few years because they played Rutgers, and now, you know, this year they're playing Auburn, and it, and it's still might it, it's still it still might not help them get through, depending on what that one loss is. But uh, you know, if the one loss is to Auburn, um, you know, and, and they go out and they play the, a team like Auburn, which is what everyone says they have to do, and they lose that game, it still could cost them. So. Uh, well, they- they better they put it this way. They better play well. I, I think they will. They, they, a bunch of those guys were here a couple of years ago when they played Alabama yeah. in the semifinals. They, so. they played Alabama well. I mean, they played them. That was a tough game. Uh, uh, you know, it was twenty four seven, but it was it was a closer game than that. Uh, I yeah. just I just don't you know I don't know if they have. Uh, I don't know. Jake Browning is a very good college quarterback. I don't think he, I don't know that he's elite, um, and I think you need elite at some point. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, anything else? Just going in and Pac-12 favorite. The, the the Auburn game is I think might be the first time and the only time that the entire country will know uh, who won a Pac-12 game. <laughs> so it's on what twelve o'clock Eastern time or not three o'clock no, Eastern time. It's so the entire country can see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's you know the, the this is your this is your close up you know and uh, you know Chris Peterson teams usually play well they 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 don't usually fall on their face but uh, this is a big moment for the league and and the uh, and the comp and the school uh, so you know we'll see uh, anything else on your minds uh, or should we wrap this up We've, I knew we'd go for at least forty minutes on this opening it's so. <laughs> Since we all met in Atlanta, guys. I know, I know, but uh, I, I just there's so much to talk about. I, I don't want to waste it all. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to, you know, give it all away. But uh, we'll uh, we'll certainly have many more podcasts, and we'll have a, a, a couple at least before I think before opening opening weekend. Uh, anything else, or we want to we want to adios out of here. We good, Herbie? You good? Yeah, I think we really hit the big We spots. covered it. It, it. it was a pretty tumultuous offseason, but I think we hit the big ones. All right, Blau, you good? We're good. I think, you know, we'll see you in mid-August, and we'll, we'll get ready to go. All right, we'll see you all later. Uh, thanks for joining us, and this is TMG. We're out. Thunder, 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 thunder.